Well, welcome to Downtown Harbor Church, everybody. I'm glad you are here this morning. I'm Adam. I'm the lead communicator here at DHC. We are so excited to be kicking off this new kind of four-week series, conversation, whatever you want to call it, and we're calling it Reflections. And dare I say, these four weeks that we're going to spend together just might be the most important four weeks in the history of Downtown Harbor Church, because we kind of subtitled this message series, The Story of Jesus. And so we're going to spend four weeks just talking about Jesus and who he is and what he came to change. And it's just going to be a really powerful time together. We've been doing this for, we're going to do this for a very specific reason. Because a lot of us around here at Downtown Harbor Church, some of us are new to faith. Some of us are back at church for the first time in a long time. Some of us have fallen away from the faith and we've come back and we're kind of like, okay, yes, we know that Jesus was this guy who walked the earth and gave this awesome kind of advice and told us how to live life and to do all these things. But at the end of the day, do we really, really know? know him? And that's the question that we're going to ask ourselves during this time. Do we really, really know who Jesus is? And so that's why this series is called Reflections. We're going to take a look at what one guy had to say in his reflections on Jesus's life. But before we kind of kick off, I have a question for you, and I want you to just think about this. I think this is going to be important for us to kind of understand and dissect together. So here's the question. Who is your best friend? You ever thought about this? Who's your best friend? Now, I'm not, like, if you're married, I'm not asking, or, like, you're in a relationship, I'm not asking you to go, hey, my spouse is my best friend, even though some of you might say that. I'm actually talking about, like, your actual, like, best friend in life. Like, who is your best friend? Well, actually, I got to tell you about my physical best friend, and maybe your best friends have changed from time to time in your life, but... And he probably wouldn't even admit this, but the executive director of the church, Downtown Arbor Church, John Garippa, the guy who we kind of give, uh, you know, the microphone to a couple of times a year and to do the announcements up here, he's kind of my best friend, right? And he probably wouldn't even admit to that, I mean, you know, publicly because, you know, so I'm, I'm a little odd and he doesn't even really like to say that. He's the guy, right, that when you're in the gym, like we're in the gym together, like he doesn't even want to act like he knows me, he just gives me one of these, How you doing? right, like one of those, and I'm like, I thought you were my best friend, right? But, I mean, it, it, at the end of the day, really, I mean, he probably knows more about me than anybody else, and I might know more about him than anybody else. And the truth is, if you're being honest with yourself, if you think about your best friend, that's the kind of relationship that you should have with somebody. They probably know a lot about you, and you probably know a lot about them. And this is why it's so important as we dive into this series called Reflections that we're going to spend a number of weeks talking about and looking at what Jesus' best friend had to say. Theologians and scholars agree that it was a guy by the name of John. And so what we're going to do in the next four weeks is we're actually going to land right in the book of John, in the New Testament, in the Bible. And it's actually interesting because the book of John is one of the four gospels of the New Testament. Now, if you don't know what this means, allow me to unpack it with you and explain it to you. The gospels, these first four books, are the first-hand accounts of the life of Jesus. So as we're looking at reflections in the story of Jesus, the Gospels are the first four books in the New Testament and the first-hand accounts of the life of Jesus. And they are Matthew, Mark, Luke, and then John. John is the fourth book. And why we're going to look at the book of John is because John, as I mentioned, was said to be the very best friend of Jesus. And if you think about your best friend and what a best friend is, the generally a best friend knows you kind of inside and out. They know about you. They know what you like. They know what you don't like, right? They know what you deal with, what you struggle with, what brings you joy. 
And that was John to Jesus, right? And it's interesting, right? His gospel is actually very interesting because his gospel, and I think this is so key for us to get and understand, his gospel actually focuses on the last three years of the life of Jesus. So as we talk about the story of Jesus, John's gospel focuses on the last three years. And what's so interesting about the book of John, the gospel of John, is that it's actually historically said to be written about 40 years, don't miss this, it's so key, 40 years after the other gospels. And he wrote it because heresy, that's a kind of a Christian word, right? But heresy or mistruths were starting to kind of infiltrate the local church. And people were kind of claiming that Jesus, inside the local church back in this time, people were actually claiming that Jesus was not God. It, he was not who he said that he was. And John wrote his gospel, the best friend of Jesus, wrote his gospel so that he could again prove to the world that Jesus was God. We kind of say it like this. The book of John, the fourth book in the New Testament, was written to almost fill in the gaps of the other Gospels, which I didn't really know or think about until I started to begin and study this. In fact, another interesting fact about the book of John. The book of John in the New Testament, written by, again, the best friend of Jesus, is the only Gospel out of those four to not mention the birth of Jesus because the other Gospels had that covered, right? John did not mention that. So... That's a little history. That's kind of leveling the playing field about the book of John and why we're going to talk about it for the next couple of weeks and what John had to say. But every week we're going to do something. Every week as we kind of start the message, we're going to ask ourselves a question related to Jesus. And every week there's going to be a different question. And this week's question, I just think, is the most important one that we're going to do. We're going to kick it off right. The other ones are going to be, you know, so super special and important. But this one kind of sets the tone for the entire message series in the next four weeks. And here is today's question. Who is he? We may think we know him. Some of us have made commitments to him for the first time in this room. We've listened to his teachings, which are all rooted in love, this loving God by loving your neighbor as yourself thing. But here's the question. At the end of the day, who really is he? Some of us might answer like this, because this is how I would answer, right? We might answer with this word. He's the Savior. He's my Savior. He saved humanity from its brokenness. Should we say yes to him? He's the Savior, the risen Savior, right? He was the prophesied Messiah. People prophesied about this Messiah that was going to come to earth long, long before he came, and then came and then rose again from the grave. That's what the Messiah was supposed to do. He's the Messiah. Some of us might even say... He's the son of God. And those answers are all good and all right. But the real question is, who is he? Where did he really come from? If those are all true, is that it? Is there more to this Jesus that we all kind of have some understanding of at a very introductory or a very deep level? And the book of John in John chapter 1, and if you have a scripture... Or you have a mobile device, you can open it to the book of John. It's the fourth book in the New Testament. Or as always here at DHC, it will be on the screens, or you can use any mobile device to follow along. Because if you look at the book of John in some form of language, maybe there's some different words, but this phrase that describes John chapter 1 kind of comes up whenever you look at the book of John chapter 1. And by the way, before we even put this up, I just want you to know, this is what we're about to put on the screen. One of the most famous pieces of literature 
that's ever been written. It rivals Shakespeare. This is how powerful it is. Because in the book of John, chapter 1, the title is said to be this. Christ, the eternal word. Christ, Jesus, the eternal word. Well, I, I, what does that mean? Like, I started to do some research on this and look this up, and I was like, all right, I've heard this before. I've breezed through it many times. What does this mean? And then I started reading. And I started reading in the book of John, chapter 1, and here's what it said. In the beginning, the word already existed. The word was with God, and the word was God. He existed in the beginning with God. The word is referring, don't miss this, it's so key, to Jesus Christ. Deep theological stuff. I kind of told you at the beginning this was going to be different than any message series we've ever done at Downtown Harbor Church. This is just so interesting because I want to go back now. Go back two scriptures, right? This is, we're going to replace the word word with Jesus. Check this out. In the beginning, Jesus already existed. Jesus was with God and Jesus was God. He existed in the beginning with God. The word is referring to Jesus Christ. Mind blown. I've worked in the local church my entire adult life. I've been a part of local churches my entire life. And I'm just, and I've read this over and over again. And I'm like, wait a second. And now we're talking about it. And I'm going, Jesus existed in the beginning before anything with God, alongside God, this, this is accurate, this is true? What does this mean? What does this mean for the question, who is he? Well, here's a very simple answer to that question, but we're going to go into more detail. This is what it means, that Jesus is God, alongside of God since the very, very beginning. He is indeed God, and I'm going to unpack that deep and theological. I told you your mind's going to be blown, right? But Jesus is God. And he has been, he has been since the very beginning. He has been since the very beginning. In fact, I believe this, before earth and before birth, he was God. There you go. Cheesy Christian rhyme right on this stage, okay? I'll make it happen in this church, okay? Before earth and before birth, he was God. He existed with God. But here's the truth about this. This is, this is so important for us to understand because we just think of him like a guy like a person who walked the earth. And then, yes, he claimed to be the Messiah. Yes, he died and rose again. But who really is he? And when is the scripture referring to? When he talks about the word, Jesus, being with God, when John talks about that. This is why I think it's so important for us to understand and take a, just a pause, for us to understand that we're human beings and we're not God. That's why our minds are blown. Because the scripture John, when he talks about this, is actually referencing outside of space and eternity. He's referencing outside of space and eternity, outside of time. In the beginning, the beginning of what? What does that mean? When did time start? When, we can wrap our minds around that and think about it all we want, but we're never going to know the answer. Beginning of what? But John goes on. This is why I think it's so key for us to understand this next part, because it's so powerful, right? That's what it said. God created everything through him, and nothing was created except through him. The word gave life to everything that was created, and his life brought light to everyone. Jesus gave life to everything that was created, and his life brought light to everyone. Gang, do you know what this means? 
Here's what it means. Jesus is God, and he created the world, the universe, the earth we live in. That's what this means. And he proved it as he became a human being to come to earth and to show us how to live. And it says this, the light, right, shines in the darkness, and darkness can never extinguish it. In the beginning, I want to just show you something. Because we talk about Jesus being with God in the beginning and being responsible for the creation of all things, which is so key. We tend to gloss over this in the book of Genesis, but it's so key for us to understand one word in this so we can begin to understand or at least comprehend this at a little bit of a more detailed level. In Genesis 1.26, it says this. Then God said, let us make human beings in our image to be like us. There's one key word in there that's so key that you probably have glossed over like I did many times. Us. Because John claims that Jesus was with God in the beginning outside of space and eternity, outside of time. And God said, let us make human beings in our image to be like us. Never looked at that that way before until I started studying for this message series, and I couldn't even begin to wrap my mind around how powerful and big and amazing Jesus is and was and continues to be. So here's a question. Do you ever try to wrap your mind around something and you never come up with the exact answer? You ever try to wrap your mind around something? This is just day-to-day -day life, and you just can't ever come up with the way to get this right or the way to do things. Like, let me just ask you a couple of questions. Like, for example, how to get the defroster to work in your car. Like, I mean, I don't know how this actually, like, is so impossible for people and me, but whatever way, like, if it's foggy in Florida, or I used to live in Michigan, and I mean, it was snowy up there, and if you're from the Midwest, you know that, like, any way you turn that dial, or no, how matter, no matter how high you turn that defroster, it never works the first time. You've got to keep going at it over and over again until it works. There's never an exact answer. Here's, here's, here's one for you. Here's something I, ever, I can't wrap my mind around, Okay. As I get older, this idea of like body hair, and let me tell you what I mean, okay? And this is gross and this is disgusting, but listen to this. Like we seem to be over time like losing hair where we want hair and gaining hair where we don't want hair, like, e like in your ears, like your knuckles. Like who, who's responsible for this? Like I don't get, I, don't, I can't understand this. No, no. Like here's another thing I can't understand. Canned fruit. Why would anybody buy canned fruit, right? Fresh fruit, fresh fruit is there. It's two aisles over, right? It's just, I mean, well, I can't understand that. Just walk yourself over there and cut yourself up a pineapple. Like, because you've tasted the stuff in the can. It's not nearly as good. Why would anybody try to do that? I don't get it. I can't come up with the answer. You want to know something else that I've tried to wrap my mind around and I can't come up with an exact answer? The book of John chapter 1, 1 through 5. Because it's difficult and it's hard and it's outside of our thinking. But I think I understand it a little bit, even though I don't understand a lot about it, and I'm never gonna come up with the exact answer because I'm not God and neither are you. But there's this thing, and even if you've never been to a local church, or you've never been a part of one, or it's your first Sunday here, I guarantee you, you've probably heard of the thing that I'm going to put on the screen next. Because in the Christian faith, there is something that is referred to as the Holy Trinity. So I don't know if you've ever heard of this. You probably have, but this is when they say, hey, in the name of the Father and the Son, the Holy Spirit. I've said it here when we baptize people or dedicated kids on baby dedication. Maybe you've been to a wedding and someone's blessed the bride and the groom and they said the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Maybe you've been to a, a situation like that in your life where you've heard it. 
Well, the Holy Trinity, three, is referring to God in the Christian faith because God comes in kind of multiple forms in the Christian faith. And here's what the Holy Trinity is referring to. God the Father, this massive being that existed and is responsible for everything, God the Father, God the Son, Jesus, who was with God in the beginning and then came to earth in human form, claiming to be the Messiah, in which he said, I'm going to go die and rise again to prove it, and he did. And then the third one, God the Holy Spirit. Because one of the things that Jesus promised when he was on earth, that after he died and rose again, should we say yes to him and believe in him, that his spirit, the Holy Spirit, would enter enter, enter into our lives and allow us to do things that we never even thought possible. Meaning this, meaning they're all God with different purposes, with different purposes. And John, in his gospel, the best friend of Jesus, he's trying to help us understand the ununderstandable, right? If you were here in the last number of weeks, you saw that we talked about things that were true and things that were real. And if you, didn't, if you weren't here in the last couple of weeks and you want to catch up, you can do that on our website at selflowchurch.com. But one of the most important things that we said was week one. In fact, we said yes to a lot of things, and we found it to be so important that we put it on this stage every single week so that you could see it, because this stuff is wild, and it's outside of our understanding, because we said this, and here's what we said. Yes, we believe that you can know God, that there's a way that we as human beings can know God by saying yes to him, right? There's things that we do know about him. There's things that we know about Jesus. In fact, Caitlin and I, my wife, had a conversation yesterday. We were just sitting on the couch talking about the things that Jesus taught us in this world, how to live. There's a right way and a wrong way, and Jesus taught us that, and it's all rooted in love. We said, yes, you can know God. But then we also said this. For the past five weeks, it's been on this stage. We said, yes, you can know God. But yes, God is a mystery. And this is the point. This is the point that we're talking about, that this massive God who Jesus was with and God himself in the beginning, we can know a lot of things about this God, but there are a lot of things that we don't know and that God is a mystery. I told you this was going to be deep and it was going to blow your mind because it's blown mine since I've been studying this for a number of weeks. So I started to ask myself this question, hey, related to God, how can one be three? in different forms. I can't, I can't understand this. How can, how can God, one God, be three, three different forms? And you know what? I started to go, that is a mystery to me. I don't understand how that works. I don't understand from start to finish how God can be one and three in the same time. And I started to think about why this was, why this mystery existed. And then I kind of came up with this. The mystery surrounding God is the point, not a failure. We're not supposed to know everything. We're not supposed to know it all because God is bigger than us. That's why we're not God. And do you know who has screwed this up? You know who's messed this up? The local church. Because the church has said, hey, we know who God is. We got it all figured out. And if you want to come be a part of us, you better have it all figured out. And if you don't have it all figured out, let's stiff arm you. You can't come in our doors. I've seen it throughout my entire life because we don't have a full understanding of who God is, but the point is different, is that the mystery is the point, not a failure. See, we need a God who's not like us. This is how important this is. We needed a God who was not like us, right? He was different enough to give us eternal life, something that we could never get on our own, because we're mere mortal 
human beings. So I said to my dad when I was growing up, because I don't know if you're like me, and because if you're younger, you may not even know what this is, but you're missing out if you don't know what this is, because one of the most famous characters in any cinema feature of all time was Doc Emmett L. Brown from Back to the Future. Remember that? Anybody remember Back to the Future? If you're too young to know that, you've just missed out on life, and you need to go back and like get that on whatever format it's on, because it's one of the greatest movies of all time. But I, I remember saying to my dad, Dad, I don't get how this time travel stuff works, like how they can be indifferent, you know, there's an alternate 1985 and there's an alternate 2015. How does this work? And do you think it's possible someday? And he's like, yeah, it's totally going to happen by the time we hit 2015. Thanks, Dad, lying to me as a kid, okay? And so anyway, so like, and I remember trying to wrap my mind around it and I'm going, and I'd watch the movies over and over again and I would go, I don't understand this. And he goes, you know what? Time travel, you're just not going to understand. You're just going to need to know that at some point, it's probably possible for these people. Thank you, Hollywood. Regardless, I couldn't get it. And related to John chapter 1 through 5, God, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, here's the deal. We can have an understanding of who Jesus is and how he taught us to live. And if we say yes to him, that we're made right with God, the Father, the creator of the universe. But we're never going to get everything. We're not going to understand it all. And that's the point. Because some of it's a mystery. This is tough stuff. This is hard, hard stuff to wrap your minds around. And here's the truth about these truths is that people have debated this for millennia. Thousands of years, people have sat around and talked about this and had coffees and lunches and sat around tables and in rooms just like this and debated this for a millennia. And gang, here at DHC, we just believe something. We believe we're all on a journey together. I truly believe at Downtown Harbor Church, we started this church just over two years ago. Some of the greatest people I've ever met in my entire life are right here in this room and a part of what we're doing at DHC. We're all on this journey together, and people have debated this just like we're doing for a millennia, and simply at the end of the day, this is just our best attempt to explain it. Just our best attempt to explain it. So don't leave going, that guy up there who was talking in the purple shirt at the museum has it all figured out because I don't either. And I'll be the first person to kind of say to you, I'm on this journey right alongside of you trying to figure this out day after day, sitting around debating, pulling it apart, because that's what we do together. And that's what the local church should be. So then I started to ask myself another question, because I just asked myself a lot of questions related to this. If what John said is true, which I believe that it is, even though I don't understand it all, I believe that it's true, I asked this question, where's science? Where's science in this? Because I truly believe in science. I believe that scientific breakthroughs are happening all the time. I believe that God and science don't fight against each other. They actually confirm each other. That's just my opinion. Did you know that until 1920, the Milky Way was thought to be the entire universe? Our galaxy was thought to be the entire universe, and now we know that's not true. We know there's more out there because science has advanced. I don't believe that science and God fight against each other. I believe because it's so ununderstandable that science proves, right? This proves the scripture that John was written, that John has written. I believe it actually confirms it because it tells us how massive and big God is outside of space and time and eternity. And instead of letting it kind of butt against science or butt up against each other, right? Here's what it should do. I just believe this. I believe that it should silence us in awe before God and how big and massive he is. And that Jesus and the Holy Spirit are right there in the beginning and will be there 
in the end. So at Downtown Harbor Church, every single week we put a word on the screen. If you're new around here, you're going to see this word a lot, right? Here's the word. What's the practical? We believe strongly around here that you should hear a message on Sunday and know exactly what to do on Monday, to put it into practice on Monday. What's the practical around here for this message, this deep theological message? What is the practical for us tomorrow, this afternoon? Well, first of all, I just believe this. If you have not said yes to Jesus in your life, you need to do that at some level, right? I don't know if you're a recommitter or you've never done that or whatever the case look like, looks like for you. I just want to say... It's saying yes to Jesus was the best decision I ever made in my entire life. And it doesn't have to be a come forward moment or a prayer even. It, it can be. It's just this moment where you in your life recognize that Jesus is the risen Messiah. And you say yes to him, believing that, and then you're made right with God the Father, the massive creator of the universe. But there's some realization to do as a part of this message as well. Because we need to realize some things about Jesus. We need to not only say yes to him, but realize how big he is. Realize how big he actually is. That yes, he was a guy who walked the earth, who conquered death, but he was there in the beginning and he will be there in the end. He is responsible for the creation of all things. That's how massive he is. Realizing how big he is and then understanding the power of Jesus Christ. Understanding the power of Jesus Christ. This power that if we say yes to him lives inside of us every single day. You know what that means we should do related to our daily life? It means we should fill ourselves with confidence and empowerment because the creator of all things came to earth to live inside of us. That means what can we not do? We can do anything. Filling ourselves with confidence and empowerment. And then the last one might be the most important because a lot of this stuff when I heard it for the first time, I was like, this is nuts. I don't, really get all, I don't really get all this. But I think we need to just do something else. We need to be comfortable with being uncomfortable. Because here's the truth. Here's the fact of the matter is we don't get it all. We don't understand it all. And some of it's uncomfortable. Some of it, when I read it or hear it or talk about it, I'm like, this is whack. What, is, what, what do you mean outside of space and time? Does it even exist? What is this, right? We just need to figure out how to be comfortable with being uncomfortable. Here's the deal, gang. I just truly believe this from the bottom of my heart. This is something I believe. That long before earth existed, and long after it will be gone, Jesus is God. I don't know who put him there. I don't know who made God. I don't know when this world will no longer be here. I don't know those things. The only thing that I do know is this guy who was there at the beginning of time, one part of the Holy Trinity, the Son of God, was there since the beginning. And he will be there in the end, long after all of this has gone away. And so what we need to do is just recognize that. But you want to know what I think the thing is that is most beautiful about this? Was his message. And we're going to talk about that next week. Because this entire thing that we're talking about, the story of Jesus, this truth, long before earth existed and long before after, after it will be gone, Jesus is God. You know what it's rooted in? Here's what it's rooted in. The one thing that he came to earth to tell us was the most important. Love. It's all about love. Him being there in the beginning was love. Him being there at the end after all things are gone is love. 
And that's God. So who is he? That's the question, right? Who is Jesus? Who is he? The answer is he's God. He's one part of the Holy Trinity, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. That's him. He is who he said that he was. The Savior, the risen Messiah, everlasting Prince of Peace, everlasting Father. He is who he said that he was. All rooted in love. So we just have to understand that. I told you today was going to kind of be mind-blowing and deep. And it's all about us recognizing and understanding. Because some of us have heard of this guy, Jesus, who taught us how to live. But who is he really? We don't really know. Now we do. Because his best friend told us. Somebody who knew him better than anybody. Laid it out. Crystal clear. Well, not really crystal clear. But he gave us an understanding that we didn't have before. In John chapter 1, 5 verse the power in those tells us who he is. Let me pray. Father, thank you for what you did. Thank you that you created the, the earth outside of all of these things that we understand. Thank you that you exist outside of our understanding. Thank you for Jesus. Thank you that he is a part of you. Jesus, thank you. Thank you for coming to this earth to die so that we could live. Thank you for teaching us how to live. Rooted in love, go before us, bless us, guide our hearts. Help us to understand this. Help us to get together and just wrap our minds around this together here at Downtown Arbor Church. God, we love you. We're so careful to give you all the praise and all the glory for every awesome and amazing thing in our life, today being no different. So we just come before you and tell you how much we love you, how amazing you are. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.